Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. A lot of news and updates over the past week. So let's go through some of the more important ones. The first one, Victor Radley. He is going to play for England. He's announced his eligibility for England, uh, which means he won't be playing for Australia and under the current rules, won't be able to play for the New South Wales Blues in the future. I think that's a huge loss for the Blues. I think that... The, the rules do need to change because if he was born in New South Wales, which we know he was, he's a brony boy. My dad's a brony boy. He's a brony boy. He was born in New South Wales, uh, to my understanding. He should be able to play for New South Wales. I know that he's going to be playing for England in the World Cup. I know that Jerome Luai, Brian Toto will play for Samoa. A lot of guys in the New South Wales and Queensland squads are going to be playing for their culture, for their nationality uh, come the World Cup time. And I think that's fair enough. And I think that you've got to let those players represent their culture as well as where they come from. If they're born in New South Wales, but they have New Zealand background, they should be able to play for the Kiwis in the World Cup and they should be able to play for the New South Wales Blues. That's just my opinion. I think everyone deserves to be included. I think that it's still a childhood dream for those who grew up in New South Wales or grew up in Queensland to be able to play for the New South Wales Blues or to be able to play for the Queensland Maroons. So personally... Victor Radley's case especially, I think he should be able to still play for the Blues, even though he is representing England. He was born in New South Wales, to my knowledge, so he should be able to play for New South Wales in State of Origin. He would be unreal in State of Origin, and we know that Victor Radley is pretty much the definition of an Origin player. We haven't seen him in the arena yet, but he definitely deserves to be there for me, and I think it's so unlucky, and I think it's so harsh by the NRL if he doesn't get to put on that Blues jersey. I think it's the same for Jerome if we don't get to see him or Brian Toto in that Blues side next year. Uh, also, Daniel Tupo, Katoni Staggs, guys that deserve to be there. Even though Katoni Staggs probably won't get there because Tom Travojevic and Latron Mitchell return, these guys still deserve to be in the squad somewhere because they've worked hard all year to play State of Origin. They should be able to play State of Origin if they choose to. I'm not saying that if you're born in New South Wales, you have to play for State of Origin. I'm saying they have the right to choose. They should have the right to choose if they want to play State of Origin, where they want to play in the World Cup. And I think that shouldn't correlate, that shouldn't mix up. Uh, For example, I don't think if you choose to play for New Zealand in the World Cup, that should have anything to do with your eligibility for State of Origin. If you're born in New South Wales or if you're born in Queensland, then you should be able to play for your respective state. It's different if you're born in New Zealand or if you're born in England. That's different because you're born in different countries, you're born in different places, and therefore you shouldn't really be able to play State of Origin because you weren't born in either New South Wales or Queensland, but if you were born in one of those states, I think you should definitely have the right to play state of origin because you were born in that state, you're representing your state, and you should still be able to represent your country, your culture uh, in the World Cup, regardless of where you were born, to be honest. So I think it's a bit harsh by the NRL. That's just my personal opinion. I know that it brings up the thing of players do miss out if 
uh, you know, the guys that are playing for Samoa or New Zealand or England in the World Cup than other guys who are fully Aussie that were born in New South Wales that have a full Australian heritage miss out. I think that, again, is unfair and it brings more competition. If you want that state of origin jersey, you've got to work for it. And I think if you take out Daniel Tupo, you take out Jerome Luai and Brian Toto, you take out all of these guys that can play for their respective countries or cultures, it really depletes the side, to be honest. You look at the Penrith combination, you lose that if you take those guys out of the side. Obviously, Stephen Crichton as well. Look, the point I'm trying to make here is even though these guys want to represent their cultures and where they come from and where their family has come from and originated from, and if they want to represent their heritage in the World Cup, it should have nothing to do with state of origin selection, especially in Victor Radley's case as well. Born in Australia, wants to represent England for his dad. I mean, that should not exclude him from state of origin. You look at what happened to Ronaldo Molotalo. He's played State of Origin in the Unders as well. I think it was under 17s, 18s, 19s, 20s, all the Unders State of Origins uh, that, that they were at the time and then got ruled out of normal State of Origin because he had New Zealander heritage. So I think that's really unfortunate for those guys who want to represent their cultures in the World Cup. These guys miss out and I don't think it's fair for these guys to miss out, especially if they've worked all hard to make the side uh, all season long, especially Ronaldo Molotalo. He definitely deserved to be there last season. So yeah, as I said, I think that what culture you represent or who you represent in the World Cup shouldn't determine if you get to play State of Origin or not. But anyway, I could dribble on about that all day. The next bit of news is Anthony Milford. Reportedly, he signed with the Dolphins and this had been circulating for a while. He had a handshake agreement that he was going to re-sign with Newcastle and all these other things happened. But reportedly, he signed. So congratulations to Anthony Milford. He definitely bulks up their attack for sure. I imagine he'll be playing in the six at the moment with Sean O'Sullivan at the seven, unless they change anything from now till then, if they sign anyone else, which I'm guaranteeing they will, it'll probably be Milford six and O'Sullivan seven for me. The side's not looking too bad at all. They're starting to get a solid 13 going, especially in the forward department. I think they're pretty sweet for the forwards. I think they just need a few young mongrels, as I said before, when we were talking about the Dolphins and what they need. I think they just need a few young mongrels in that side. If you want to actually go back to that podcast, I'll put the link in the description of this one. Uh, we were talking about the Dolphins, who they could sign for 2023, who they could sign for 2024. I've also got a post if you scroll down on my Instagram feed. Uh, it's a really interesting post and a really cool one as well if you want to go back and look at that. But I'll leave the the link, sorry, uh, to that podcast in the description of this one. But yeah, the Dolphins side is starting to look a little bit better. I think they still need to go for Munster for 2024. I know he said that he's got an agreement with the Melbourne Storm for 2023. I think I think they still need to go get him for 2024. Him and Mitch Moses, for sure, I think would be two awesome marquee signings for 2024. Uh, but they can also get Jake Avarillo, Ruben Garrick. There's so many guys available that they could snatch from rival clubs. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this side looks in the next two years. I reckon it's going to take at least four years for this side to become a real competition threat, a real threat in this competition. It's going to take a long time for the halves to gel, finding a halves pairing in a new side, finding a new spine, 
finding a new forward pack that works. It's going to be a long time before this side is a premiership threat. There was obviously a lot of news as well about Brad Arthur, his situation at the Parramatta Reels, whether he was going to stay, whether he was going to go. We actually confirmed today on nine uh, on the NRL nine sort of page that he wasn't going to leave. A lot of news that he was going to go to the Dogs. I don't think that's very likely. I think they're going to keep Mick Potter in there because he's doing such a good job at the moment. Their Bulldogs are improving every single week, even though they're not winning games game after game after game. You can see improvement. You can see that Kyle Flanagan and Matt Burton are starting to really gel quite well and uh, really do suit each other in the halves. Jake Averillo is really finding his feet at fullback. Uh, The side's really starting to look much better than it did, say, at the start of the season. But as I said, Mick Potter doing a really good job over there. I don't think that he is going to be replaced anytime soon. I think that he's going to be the long-term coach for me. I think that he's doing a, such a great job. I wouldn't really see a reason why they would want to replace him. Uh, Brad Arthur, while he is having success at Parramatta, and that's another thing. He's having success at Parramatta. They're getting into the finals every season, getting closer and closer to a premiership. I think this year they could really go for it. I don't think that Brad Arthur really has a reason to leave. So I wouldn't be surprised if all of this comes out false, which I think it just did this morning because Brad Arthur himself said he had no reason to leave the club. So stating the obvious there, Brad Arthur, don't think he's going to be leaving the Parramatta Reels anytime soon. In other news, Mal Meninga is set to select Tom Travojevic. He returns from his shoulder injury six weeks prior to the World Cup and when it starts. I don't think this is a very smart idea at all from Mal Meninga. In fact, I think that Tom Travojevic or the Manly Seagulls may choose to rule him out of the World Cup, especially if they want him fit for the start of the 2023 season. I just don't see... Tom Travojevic playing in this World Cup. There's a lot of other guys like Matt Burton, Valentine Holmes, who deserve to be there in that spot as well, especially after the seasons they've had. You're picking a guy that hasn't played much of the season at all and putting him in there because it's worked in the past. You've got to remember, he's coming off two or three, maybe even four injuries this season, including one that just ended his season. I wouldn't be putting him in the World Cup there, especially considering how injury-prone he is at the moment. I'd be leaving him out this season, even though that he is a fan fantastic player. The impact he has on sides is phenomenal. I'd be leaving him out this year, just this year, resting him, making sure he's fit and right for next season. And I think that's just the better option for the Manly Seagulls, for the World Cup in general. Letting other guys come in there and do the job who are less injury prone, especially someone coming off the back of a long-term season-ending injury. I just don't see Tom Travojevic being selected in this side. If Mel Meninga does do it, then fair game. But I just don't see the point in putting Tom Travojevic in there because you're risking him getting injured again and not being fit for the start of the 2023 season. Mal Meninga also wants dual eligible players. That means players that are eligible for two sort of countries or two states or whatever at once to confirm their eligibility so that he can select his squad. And I'll tell you what, I'm not dual eligible myself, but I just imagine that that would be a really hard decision to make, whether you want to play for Australia in state of origin under the current rules, or if you want to play for your culture uh, and your country. So I think it's going to be a really hard decision for some players to make, whether they want to play for Australia or not. It's going to be very interesting to see how this Aussie side looks, who's going to be in there and who's going to be representing someone else. 
I'm not really going to get into this one too much because I am so passionate about the topic and you heard that before when I was rambling on for about six or seven minutes about it at the start of this podcast. So I'm not going to get into this one too much. It sort of links back with what I was saying before about state of origin and eligibility. We'll have to see who is eligible for Australia at the end of the season when the World Cup does begin. It's going to be a very interesting side, I'll just tell you that. It might be a very, very different to last year and how that side looked as well. A lot of big changes that I'm planning to see. If you want to see my Aussie side, again, it's on my page. Make sure you go ahead, follow Big Lezzers League at Big Lezzers League uh, for all good rugby league content, and you'll find my Australian kangaroo side on that page as well. Uh, Sione Katoa, unfortunately, his season has ended. His season is over. Season-ending injury with his shoulder. He's undergone shoulder surgery, and unfortunately, he will miss the rest of the season. Wishing him all the best in recovery, and hopefully, it's a fast recovery for Sione Katoa, and he's back sooner rather than later, hopefully by the start of the 2023 season. Justin Holbrook, the Titans have declared Justin Holbrook will not be sacked and will be the coach in 2023. Uh, Really good stuff there from the Titans coming out and saying that, coming out and declaring their confidence in their coach, Justin Holbrook, who hasn't done too much of a bad job. I think it's more so a club thing with the team uh, and how that's working out at the moment. They're changing their spine a hell of a lot, which can affect how a team goes. We saw it happen with the Brisbane Broncos. That's why they were the wooden spoon when they were the wooden spooners because they kept changing the spine. They wouldn't let the side gel and ultimately that was the reason they did get the wooden spoon that year. I think this is going to be the downfall of the Gold Coast Titans as well. Changing up the spine too much, it's going to have negative effects on that side. The Dragons have also come out and said that they won't be sacking their coach, Anthony Griffin, as well. And good on them for coming out and saying that again. uh, I have a lot of confidence in Anthony Griffin. I think he's done a really good job with this side. They're getting closer and closer to the top eight. So he's doing a really good job at the moment, Anthony Griffin. They're really starting to become a little bit of a powerhouse, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Can't wait to see where they end up at the ladder come finals time. I'm not sure about their run home, but it'll be interesting to see where they end up end up on the ladder come finals time. Now, speaking about the Dragons, this is the thing that really worries me. Ben Hunt, the Dragons offer to re-sign Ben Hunt, but is set to be drastically reduced from his current salary. So the salary is going to go down. I don't think he deserves to have his salary go down at all. Maybe he's taking a pay cut so they can re-sign or sign new players and more expensive players. Maybe that's the reason his salary is going down. But any other reason, I would be offering this guy the exact same amount as what he's on right now. He's definitely up in that top echelon of players around that 900k to a million dollar player mark for me, Ben Hunt. He is a solid player and probably one of the best in the competition at the moment, doing a really good job for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, not only in defense, but in attack as well. Really doing a good job. Some would say he's a better nine than he is a six or a seven. And that's the catch for me. If any other club signs him, the Broncos, the Dolphins, I think they're going to sign him as a nine and not as a seven. He's definitely going to be playing hooker if he signs anywhere else for me especially at the Broncos. They're looking for a full-time hooker at the moment. They're chopping and changing their hookers quite a bit. I think if they get Ben Hunt, that's where he's going to be playing in that hooker role. Him, Adam Reynolds in the spine, along with Reese Walsh uh, and Ezra Mam. That is a scary-looking spine. Kobe Hetherington at lock as well. That is a scary-looking team going into 2023 if Ben Hunt ends up going to the Brisbane Broncos, returning to the Brisbane Broncos, I should say. Again, talking on the St. George 
Georgia Illawarra Dragons. Looks like there's a lot of news coming out about them at the moment. Tarek Sims, the Storm are expected to request the immediate signing of Tarek Sims at least one more time before the mid-season deadline. I think they've requested it about two or three times now. They're going to request it again. Uh, it be interesting to see what the St. George Illawarra Dragons say here. I don't think they're going to want to lose him any earlier than they should, especially the work that he's doing in the middle at the moment, transitioning into that lock forward role for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. He's a really tough, aggressive player in the middle. I really like what he's doing in the middle at the moment. I don't think that the Dragons are going to want to let him go any earlier than he is going to be going and leaving that club. I think the Dragons are going to want to keep him for as long as they can. And then the last little bit of news here, Latrell Mitchell, the Rabbitohs, are set to begin negotiations to re-sign him with a big money three-year deal. And doesn't he deserve it, Latrell Mitchell? What a player. I think he's a million-dollar man. I'm just going to say it right now. I think he is a million-dollar man. Depending on if they're going to offer him that or not, I think that is definitely where he is worth at the moment in this competition. Definitely a million-dollar man in my eyes. There you go, guys. That is your news and updates for the past week. One.